Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. Welcome back to the Dewback Discussion Podcast. I am your host, Jared the Dark Jedi, and joining us today is uh, from across the galaxy in the Outer Rim, one Spence the Mando Simpson. Howdy doody, everybody. Howdy doody, indeed. And on the horn with us again is Hall of Heroes' own Travis Grossman. Howdy do, buckaroos. Howdy do, buckaroos. Um <laughs> I like this Western thing we have going. <laughs> Yeehaw! Hey, welcome be, to the rodeo. It'll be apropos uh, for a story we'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, unfortunately, uh, Darth Id is still tied up with Bandcamp, and one Chonner Kikidi. We got it's him. poisonous. I got it in your brain, and now it's just it, you know. Did you ever say Chonner Kikidi? Nope. Or did you just like just the, the just, sickness is spreading? Just the act of programming me to get like verbally yeah. dyslexic. Exactly. And then, and then Connor couldn't make it today either. Um, Everyone's gearing up to go back to school. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I don't want to say that the shows are going to slow down at all, but we're going to have to do a little bit of a restructuring at the very least. On the behind the scenes, anyway. Yeah, at least behind the scenes shouldn't affect you guys too much. With that said, uh, Spencer, your slice of life, buddy. Um, not too heavy on the slice of life this time around. Um, I'm officially back at college now. I moved in this morning, uh, after stopping at my cousin's house for some pancakes and, uh, and the last, you know, summer get together before I go. So, um, I'm here on campus in my hardly put together room. I've got all my crap in a pile um that's how i, I live every I day man i didn't settle in too much today so <laughs> i'm sitting on a very empty desk with the minimal you know technological requirements to make today's episode happen and um nevertheless i am happy to be back with you guys and since i'm on campus uh on you know the school wi-fi there's a pretty good chance that throughout the episode I'm going to cut in and out mid-sentence. I've probably already done it, as a matter of fact. Actually, um, you haven't but, yet. Yeah. But um, for next week's episode, I'm going to get my permanent technological rig put together, including an Ethernet cable. So hopefully that'll clear up any Internet issues in the future uh, for the, the long-distance stuff that we got going on. Um, and also, just because... No, never mind. I'll save that for later. <laughs> Real quick, uh, before we pitch to Travis, um, since you want to talk about what we did your last last night, we got to hang out with while you were still in Latrobe. And the last hurrah! The last hurrah! Oh my goodness! I've been waiting to talk about the last hurrah. So it was. Let's see. Today is Monday. Yes. And last Wednesday was the last night when Jared and I could get together and hang out overnight. And I pitched him an idea a while back that basically went like this. Jared, I 
would really think it'd be fun if you and I sat down and co-opt the entire Lego Star Wars Complete Saga game in one night. And it was an ambitious goal that we were not able to meet. Uh, we got, uh, what was our final number, Jared? Like 59% or something like that? I think we broke 60%. Yeah, we got we got very close to uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 60% completion uh, in one night. But we, we beat played most through all the, the story game. modes and then plowed through a couple of the free plays in The Phantom Menace. Um, but we unlocked all the characters and... And I can't wait Indiana for Indiana Jones. Two. For um, those of you at home, we did get Indiana Jones. Yes, we got Indiana Jones. So when we say we got all the characters, we mean it. So, uh, so we're going to have to. You shouldn't have said the night. The one hundred percent in one night was a bit ambitious. Oh no! And Jared uh, pointed that out to begin with, but we went for it. Fell a little bit short, but. I'm ready to go again, man. As soon as I'm back in town, we're 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 going round two. I don't think it'll be that hard, especially if we go in with like in hand. This is where all the mini kits are. This is yeah. where all the super story challenge mode mini kits are. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good time. And, yeah, and honestly, be- finding collectibles and stuff isn't that difficult if you just like destroy everything and explore all of the possibilities for hidden rooms and stuff like that. Like I think for the, did we only do two levels or did we do three? We did, we did four in free play. Yeah. We got, we got all the way up to the pod race level. And then like, I was falling asleep with the controller in my hand when we got to the fifth level. Right. Right. So we made it through four of the, free play store or free pay levels in phantom menace and i think we cleared all of them like yep. all the mini kits all the red bricks collectibles so assuming we can continue our streak of only having to play through each level one time to get everything then we should be able to to do the rest of it in one night for for sure well that's the thing though is we have to play each level twice <laughs> is that we need to do the free play to get all the mini kits and the red bricks and then go back into challenge mode where we have, oh, like, I think it's I like, forgot about challenge mode. Like ten or fifteen minutes to beat it, and then we have to beat Super Story, which gives us an hour to beat it. Well, so okay, we have well, a lot of replay to do. <laughs> <laughs> that last forty percent is going to be a pain in the dick. It's going to um, be a real pain in the butt, but um, we can handle it. I have faith in us and confidence. It'll just be a, sh- a schlog of a, of a night. But I can't wait for the second installment, so stay tuned. And Travis? My my slice of life goes back to uh, Comic-Con <laughs> for a story we somehow forgot to tell because my week has been so uneventful. <laughs> we uh, So the Dubek Company chat exists. We are all in it. We all have nicknames in it. Jared's recently changed to Scorched Ass. <laughs> and that is because when we were at company dinner at Burgatory, first of all, he went through. So Burgatory, for those of you unaware, you go in and I have a little sheet that you like build your own burger on. They have recipe burgers. No one buys those. You get. Yeah, you, you everyone do. does a custom burger. And it's, when we say custom, we mean top down. Like. 
everything's custom order, including your choice of protein, which Jared marked as chicken and then marked <laughs> to have pink in the middle. So, yeah, yeah. I took a picture and sent that to Joel, our resident medical expert. And uh, and he said, you're not allowing him to do this, correct? <laughs> the restaurant wouldn't allow him to do it. Turn, turn me down. A turn you down a little bit. Yeah, okay. I keep spiking. Um, uh, but anyway, so the waiter eventually comes in my around defense, real quick. In my defense, when I go to Burgatory, I typically get fitty fitty. So I literally I, I write my name on the bottom. Check fitty fitty check pink and only recently have started to go name pink fitty fitty because I know what I'm getting. And by the time I've already checked pink, I've gone, maybe I want a chicken burger <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> sign up for salmonella. But Oof. anyway. So he's on his second paper, noticeably. Like the first one's crumpled up on the table. <laughs> and the waiter comes over. He's like, so how's everyone doing? Have we decided? And Jared looks at this man dead in the eye and says, hey, man, listen, I'm trying to scorch my asshole tonight. What do you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> and this man didn't flinch. Not at all. He didn't laugh. He kept the sh- like he was smiling because he was trying to get a good tip, but he kept the straight face, <laughs> which he got. And, yeah. Which he got. And you, he, I don't even, I didn't hear what he said to you. I, I couldn't listen to what he said to so you. So what I said was, I was like, okay, I was, I said, like you said, I was like, listen, man, I'm trying to scorch my asshole tonight. So what sauce do you recommend for me that, to put on my? Because my thing was, I want a spicy chicken burger, and he directed me towards, um. I can't remember what sauce he pointed me towards, but there was like a there was a sauce that was like devil sauce or something like that, that implied it was going to be hot. But he was like, "No, this is just the house sauce, keeping with the heaven hell purgatory theme." Yeah. It, it got the right, name yeah. devil, even though it didn't deserve that name because of heat. So he directed me towards the right it, sauces and rubs to put on. The funniest part though is he walked away after he took our orders, and you kind of like came to a minute later and went. What did I just say to that poor man? Yeah, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah that was, I, I, just, I just told this man I'm trying to scorch my asshole. <laughs> and somehow none of us made a sexual comment about that either. No, that like was, everybody at the table went, oh, there's Jared eating, you know, exhibitionist spicy food for no good reason. I mean, that's I own a bottle of The Last Dab. So yeah. have we told that story on the air yet? I don't and think it's so. Nuts. It's honestly the best hot sauce I've ever had. Oh god. I, it's it's delicious. It is delicious. It it is not only hot as hell, but it is flavorful. Like, like they, they it takes it. it takes a couple seconds for the heat to catch up with you, but in the meantime you're like, ooh, I dig it. That's it's simple, but tasteful. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I would totally regularly eat a cooler version of the last app. Yeah. Like I like spicy foods. But I very rarely will make the conscious decision of I want every bite of this to hurt. So oh, like, see, that's that's how I live every day. <laughs> yeah. So if I was eating a plate of wings, I would not want oh, every single yeah, wing to be tossed no. in the last dab. Absolutely. If I could not. get that like cooler, I would like that flavor was so good. It was so I, delicious. I once made the awful mistake of I made like a um a chicken wrap. Yeah. And I put small bit of the last dab on the wrap and spread it around with a knife Ooh. right like no bigger than the doll but i put on that wing for you it for the listeners it was like about the size if you watch 
hot ones. He put like a little a little dab on the last wing. It's called yeah. the last dab. Uh, and it's like this very little dollop. Yeah, of I hot mean it's sauce. already tossed in. Yeah, with the wing. I know. So yeah, but that was all, that was all Jared ate, and it decommissioned him for like twenty to thirty minutes. I put that Pretty much bad. on the wrap, which the <laughs> like problem chugging was buttermilk decommissioned. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like the the volume of sauce doesn't really matter. No matter how much you have, it's going to hurt just as bad. So what I did was, how can I make this hurt longer? You know, like an huh. idiot. <laughs> I have not made that mistake again. That's what heroes do. (laughs) I'd like to try that, though. That's like a death wish kind of like, hey, I want to spend the night on the toilet. I'm going to eat a last dab wrap. It was an experience, let me tell you. (laughs) I'm still recovering. I I can tell. The look on your face talking about it. Um... Uh, my week was... Jerry, how yeah, about you? I was going to say, my week was kind of uneventful. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I saw um, Grease at the Geyer this, uh, yesterday. Great showing from everybody. Really enjoyed it. Um, much love to the to the man, Michael Stanley, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, absolute mad lad. Uh, my son, as I will always refer to him. It was a fun time had by all. Uh, like Spencer said, we had our last hoorah playing Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Had some uh, sausage stuffed banana peppers. Yeah, stuffed peppers. Well, no, like my mom did like a different kind of like. Well, chicken. She did the buffalo chicken first, which was. But cool. it's hard. Wait, oh, repeat yourself, Spencer. You did the. You got attacked by a robot again? Just, uh, it's still attacking. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is painful <laughs> Spencer you hurt me it's not, it's not the boy's fault I know <laughs> well he's gone that's it Spencer's dead you heard it here first folks <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy fired, fired because she murdered Spencer oh. fucking Simpson um so whenever Spencer pops back in dead <laughs> 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 what was that? Spencer? Yes, you. Are you guys still talking to me? Okay, yes, okay, we you're lost back. you there. You're back. Oh, okay. I was on the other end screaming, I'm not dead, I'm not dead. <laughs> we didn't we heard the end of a dead. We heard <laughs> <laughs> As you were doing the robot voice. Anyway, what were you saying about the pepper, Spencer, before I cut you off? I was I was saying that, don't get me wrong, the sausage stuffed peppers were slamming good, but it's really hard to compare them with the buffalo chicken stuffed banana peppers that were just out of this world. Oh, yeah. Love them. Love them. Spice Lords all around. And I ate that the day after I scorched my asshole because I have made up my mind that I'm trying to die on the toilet. Yeah, it's all right. I love the screeching and the robot attacks. This is great. Um, <laughs> with that, moving right along, uh, who's up for story number one? Is that you, Travi? Yee, boy. Awesome. Uh, as you guys know, D23 is happening right now as we speak in the past. Com- compared to when they're going to hear this. Oh, this show goes up on Tuesday. I'm not used to this show. 
Yeah, this goes up on Tuesday. A, yeah. I'm, I'm used to a three-day differential here. Yeah, no, this isn't like... <laughs> I'm we'll, used to yeah. recording a show and then seeing the news the next day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so D23 is happening right now, and CBR, among other news sources, have covered everything you can expect Star Wars-related from this convention. The 2019 D23 Expo is approaching fast, and Star Wars fans are eagerly anticipating more reveals about the future of the franchise, particularly as Disney Plus and its catalog of brand new series will be launching in the U.S. on November 12th. Attendees will be able to see new footage of Star Wars The Mandalorian, of course, as well as a sneak peek at the Disney Plus Star Wars lineup. This year, D23's schedule also focuses a lot on the art of park design, so fans curious about Galaxy's Edge will have a blast. However, it is highly unlikely that we will get a trailer for the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. In the past, and uh. Eddie, right, uh, we haven't gotten one Deep for the side. past uh, two movies from D23, from what I can recall. That's me ad-libbing a bit. Um, so we probably won't see any more material for Rise of Skywalker until October. And Galaxy's Edge is probably getting a lot of coverage only because they are doing a lot of park construction based stuff at this convention so they're probably talking a lot about galaxy's edge and maybe possibly covering another story we're talking about later that we are still considering a rumor yes because we've all gotten burned by the obi-wan train at some point yes so we are not going to get too excited until it comes out of an official Um, disney person's mouth so to kind of add on to this, we have gotten a bit of the Disney Plus stuff today, like before yes. we started recording. Yeah, um, the November twelfth launch date. date. Uh, uh, I was I called it perfectly. Yep. Disney Plus is launching with it's seven bucks a month. If you buy a year in advance, it's only seventy dollars. So you're basically getting two months knocked off. Yeah. DC Universe does the same thing. Uh, and if you're going to use it, that's that is a decent deal. It's an amazing deal. Yeah. They also have a bundle package that comes with ESPN Plus and Hulu. Uh, that's $13 a month. Which is going to put Netflix out of business. Yeah. One, 100%. <laughs> Especially like that in addition to stripping Netflix of anything MCU or Star Wars, which is currently its main home. Right? Yeah. Like it's going to cripple Netflix. Yeah, this is going to hurt Netflix a lot. I, I say that now, but like I think most people at this point have a Netflix subscription and just don't use it, like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of good stuff on Netflix. I don't necessarily know that Disney Plus is going to cripple Netflix, but this is going to be a sucker punch. Like this is this is this, this they're going to get checked on the chin. With is this. the Office actually dropping off of Netflix? I think that they they're I think they're like shelling like a hilarious amount of money to keep it like they did with friends because like once once the office and leaves it's over they're done yeah i think people I, have to find actual personalities and that's it that's too much <laughs> <laughs> i do think i'm not sure i think i think like the official netflix made a joke about like oh 100,000 likes will keep the office or some stupid yeah. like shit like that um but i I at this point I do think it's still leaving because NBC is launching their personal streaming uh, service, kind of like their yeah. like CBS All Access type thing. Or it's like NBC Universal. Um, so that'll be happening. So I think eventually when that goes live, Office is leaving Netflix, and that will be the end of Netflix. And I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that takes Friends with it too. 
Because uh, Friends was like the Thursday night must-see TV on NBC. Then yeah, most likely. I don't know that I, I friends the rights to Friends might be somewhere else. I think Ta- I think Time Warner might own the rights to Friends. Now that I think about it, because it airs on TBS all the time. Yeah, I'm not 100 on that. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, um, but notably, like I haven't seen any Mandalor- <laughs> Mandalorian footage. Um, they didn't talk about the Obi Wan shenanigans at all that I'm aware of. Um, but they've they've shown some lineups. I saw something that they are having the original trilogy on there. Yep. Right. Okay. So not crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we we've gotten all the Disney Plus stuff today. I'm not super invested in the Galaxy's Edge stuff. I don't know about you guys. Not until I can go. I'm just yeah. Gonna, like, I'm just gonna, yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a distant excitement for basically everyone who yeah. doesn't frequent I'm, Disney World. I'm at this point with it, like theme parks, notably Disney and Universal, that like. If I ever have the money to take that kind of vacation, I'm probably not going to go to one of those parks. Like I'm going to go over the like across the pond or something, you know. I I, yeah. I can't say the same. I I, mean, I would have I, said the same until Star Wars Land existed. Yeah, and <laughs> but I, like, I have to go to Batu. Like yeah, if I win the lottery tomorrow, see you guys. I have I have a date in the unknown regions. Yeah, catch you on the flip like, side. Maybe it's my inner, yeah. That might be my anime fan going. I want to go to Anime World, which just means Japan. So (laughs) you know, no, is that a con or you just Travis? Where like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually with both of you. I guess it's like if I were to save up my money to spend on a vacation, I would want to go to like Scotland and go hiking for two weeks. I'd go to either Japan or Italy, like 100. But like. When I have kids, different story. Like if I hit the oh, yeah. lottery, different oh, story. Yeah. yeah. I I never got that experience of going to Disney World or land as a kid and I want to give that to my children should I have any. Yeah. But like as it stands right now, fuck those kids. If I get that money now, I'm going on my own to fucking Kyoto and Tokyo. Yeah. Good luck taking children to Japan. It would all just be very be un- like, confusing for them, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the polar opposite of both of you. Like, I don't, I don't need fucking kids. Like, I'm going to Black Spire. I'll catch everybody oh, yeah, later. Like, I'm leaving. I'm buying. If someone came to me and was like, "Hey, here's a ticket to Disneyland. <laughs> like, all expenses paid, you can go." I'm not gonna say no, right? Or like, you only have to pay room and board or whatever. Like, I'm still gonna go. Yeah, I, I would it's... not be able to say no. Like, I, I, if I won the lottery, my mind is me. Like, I'm going to Galaxy's Edge, and I feel like everyone by my fucking self. Yeah, if, and everyone at home is going. <laughs> if you won the lottery, why not both? Yeah, I definitely do both. But my first thing is, I'm going to Galaxy's Edge. I'm building myself probably three lightsabers. Um, I'm buying all of the costuming that I can. I'm buying the bust of Plokun, Sacy Tin, and Mace Windu. I'm buying the mounted uh, Wampa head. I'm buying. I'm getting destroyed at the cantina. I'm staying at the Star Wars with, hotel with, with the Star Wars themed mixed drinks. Yes, yep. I'm. They having, don't even have Java juice. What the heck? They'll get. They'll get Java juice eventually. I'm sure. I'm. I'm getting. I'm. I'm eating roasted Ronto. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm not. I, I like y'all are gonna have to cart me. Like I'm gonna have to get tranked and carried out of Galaxy's Edge the moment I get to go. Well, the I, good news is there's like a two hour time cap for you, so that security will do that. I don't think that's a thing. Still, I think I'm that pretty was sure for, it's a thing. I thought that was for launch week. 
when it was Maybe, like VIP, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like with with the sheer number, like the volume of people who are going to want to check out the Black Spire locations, both in Orlando and in California. Like there's going to be a serious amount of people trying to get in and out of just like this one specific corner of the Disney park. Spencer, Disney. I'd be really No one's going to Galaxy's Edge, Spencer. Geeks and gamers told me no one's going to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's I've seen so much misinformation about the Disney parks recently that I just don't believe anything I see anymore. I didn't mean to cut you off, Spencer. I'm sorry. I was being snarky. I wanted to make a snarky joke because you were talking about it. Um, Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, like, was I would expect there to be like an a, a, a like a safety issue with the number of people in that small area. Oh yeah, for like maybe the better part of a year or two. I yeah I the what I was saying, and you're absolutely right about that. That's it's going to be it's going to be a can of sardines. Um, with a lot of that reporting about <laughs> Galaxy's Edge and it being a wasteland at this point. Those are one of those like someone saw a headline and like completely transformed the truth of the story. Yeah. Bob Iger said on an earnings call or it may have been during like an actual earnings conference or something like that, that they raised the prices to make up for the building of Galaxy's Edge. And by them raising the prices, all of the surrounding hotels went, oh, we're going to hike it up a little bit, too. To make like some of the money off of Disney here as well. And what ended up happening is Disney raised their prices. The hotels around them raised their prices. So it, the prices were high to the point where they went, oh, um, I'll wait. Yeah. So it wasn't Disney builds Star Wars Park. Disneyland catches fire because SJW Star Wars takes over Disneyland. Because a fucking course not it didn't. <laughs> because, yeah, um, the the boycott, the fandom menace isn't that powerful. Um, so, no, did, the the boycotters did not tank Galaxy's Edge, Disney Park. I don't know. That's all I've whole. seen recently, man. I know. I know. That's all we've seen. Um, but yeah, that is the reason why such events and numbers represent what they do uh and that's neither here nor there we didn't talk about that last week when that was a thing so yeah uh excited to hear from d23 if there's not leaked footage that we can actually watch and talk about there will at the very least be very detailed descriptions of what's showed i won't be surprised <laughs> if we do see a behind the scenes reel for the rise of skywalker because that's what we got for The Last Jedi. Okay. Out of D23. I think, I think they mentioned that in the Which, article and I skimmed past it. So, Like, in a lot of ways, a behind-the-scenes trailer is almost as... Or a behind-the-scenes peak is almost as good as a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you get you get all kinds of info on costuming, set design. You might you know, see someone... Which characters see. are at the same place yeah. at the same time, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Behind-the-scenes reels... With someone who knows how to watch a trailer... You can pair off one behind the scenes reel and one trailer and start stitching things together really, really cohesively. That's why I was able to start working on my last Jedi Kylo Ren outfit. It was like I didn't know what his costume looked like. And I was until the behind the scenes. And there's this big shot of Adam Driver in the full outfit just standing in a hallway. It was like, boom, that's all I needed. Let's go. Yeah. So 
with that, uh, Spencer, I'm going to throw to you for this next story. Alrighty. So um, I myself have not had the opportunity to watch through season one, but Star Wars Resistance season two has a new trailer that is only a couple days old. Uh, that is official. It's about two and a half minutes long. And um, Jared, when you're ready, we'll have the, the folks give it a listen here. Yeah, we have the trailer pulled up right here. Uh, Travis, on your mark. All right, uh, Mike, on your <laughs> Oh, I hit pause again. Everyone back to the Colossus! Stabilizer's hit! Use a little help! I can't shoot! Get us into space and shoot! We are only way to escape. It's going to be hard to keep this station together with the First Order at our backs. We're running low on everything. Food? Water? Even fuel? Please, be patient. We're in the middle of a war. And you can thank your captains for that. The Colossus deserves a new home. We have to work together if we're going to survive. We only take orders from one tyrant, Captain Kraken. <laughs> Fucking Davy Jones Tanner, looking ass. If you are to rise in the ranks, I will require your total cooperation. Yes, sir. She is key to finding the Colossus. Finally, we will wipe them out. Fail, and I will see to your execution personally. They're everywhere. Entire planets are just giving up. It's just like the Empire when I was a kid. How did they know how to find us? Yes, get as far away as you can. There are bounty hunters who might be coming. <gasps> Just act casual and keep a low profile. I was a spy. I'm a master at keeping a low profile. Most ah, so impressive. I trust the aces can handle this. I think she's the one in charge. Ooh, you're quick. <laughs> what the? What is this place? I don't recognize all of these symbols. It's a power source from an ancient time. Son has returned. <laughs> the resistance is proving to be stronger than we anticipated. I got him. We're good to go. Punch it. If you are not capable of dealing with them, then I will find someone oh who can. Oh my God. Deathstroke. <laughs> <laughs> Deathstroke. Little little crossover yeah, action there. Little shout out to a uh, Hall of Heroes if you listened last week. Shit um, out. Shit out. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So I know what happens in Resistance season one. I didn't get a chance to actually watch the whole thing. I watched everybody's like season reviews though, so I knew what happened because I didn't have time to. I'm going to sit down and re and watch all of season one of Resistance now. Um, I wanted to to begin with, but um, knowing that there's only going to be two seasons, which, again, boycotters, this wasn't your magic. Um, but you didn't do this, but, Diego. Uh, 
Because <laughs> I know Shade. you hate listen at Spicy. this point. Shade. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How's the back of the bus? <laughs> um, hey, King T'Challa. Um, but we... <laughs> We're such dickheads about this. It's so funny though. Um, we have eyes everywhere, motherfucker. Um, we <laughs> uh, stay woke. They be creeping. <laughs> um, <laughs> woke wars. Woke wars. <laughs> I can't. You guys, I'm, I'm laughing too uh. much at you guys now. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm really excited by this. This looks really cool. Again, boycotters. It's not only two seasons because you complained about it. Um, I think, I think doing a show about this era this early was a mistake. I think that they don't have a whole lot of freedom with what they can do. This is between six and seven, right? This is happening between the first season. The back half of the first season is happening concurrently with The Force Awakens. Oh. Like Kaz, that kid in the green jacket. He walks into a room where there's like a hollow projection of General Hux's space Hitler speech. And the destruction of the Hosnian system happens during season one, which means the destruction of Starkiller base also happens during season one, which means this season at the very least is happening during The Last Jedi. Maybe a little bit after The Last Jedi wraps up and the Battle of Crate happens. So I think their decision to do this show a so close to the events of the films was I don't want to say a mistake. I have not heard a single I have not heard anybody who talks about Star Wars say negative things about the nature of this show just to give themselves a little bit more room to tell a story. I would have started early. But if Dave Filoni and his crew went, no. We know the story we want to tell. We want it to happen concurrently. This is cool. I don't think anybody was expecting this short of a run, though. Um, cause yeah, and, and if Dave Filoni says, nah, we should probably do this, then you should you know, probably do that. Yeah, I, I also, you know, he, he got burnt with Clone Wars, you know, nothing right. against the Dis- Disney buyout and everything. Obviously, we're getting Clone Wars Season 7, but... You know, he didn't get to finish Clone Wars at first the way he wanted to. He didn't get, yeah, you know, he got to finish Rebels and he'll get to finish this presumably in the way that he wanted to. Um, the cool takeaways we had the Crimson Corsair in there, um, who, yeah, uh, is one of the coolest looking design characters in the Disney era, in my opinion. Yeah, that we've had in quite a while. I like, there's just something so cool about how he looks. Um, are you guys familiar with his backstory? Not a no, bit. but I was gonna say aesthetically, he kind of reminds me of uh, um, the one robot bounty hunter from the episode in Clone Wars with young Boba and Asajj Ventress on that train. I didn't even thought of that until right now. That's cool. I think his name's like High Singer or something like that. High Sing, yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Um, Spencer, it's funny you brought up a Clone Wars connection because this character does have a Clone Wars connection. Um, he has a short story in a um, series of short stories that all take place just before the events of The Force Awakens, wherein he is hired on a job to like recover 
it's something like an old ship of Count Dooku's that's just huh. floating in deep space. He finds it, and inside of it is, I think it's the clone trooper, kicks in stasis. Really? So if we're keeping with this whole thing where, like, the Crimson Corsair is up to, like, Clone War era related tomfoolery, or maybe he finds kicks and he finds his ship and he continues this search, I think he might be the owner of those super battle droids. That and the trailer. there is a fair sense. prediction. I think that the Crimson Corsair went, oh, shit, what, el- what other, yeah. like, random Clone Wars era tech is floating around out yeah. there? And we see in the Battlefront 2 DLC that there's like a group of pirates using old ARC-170 Republic Starfighters. Mm-hmm. So it looks like, you know, kind of like in like the Galactic Civil War era where you had the Rebellion and other like different, be it criminal organizations or different um, rebel cells all kind of gathering up as much old Clone War tech as they could since like every corporation was basically working for the Empire to round up as much tech as they can. I think it would be really cool if this bounty hunter was just like, well, I found these in deep space and they cool. still work. So one of the collectibles market. Yeah. Like I'm just going to, uh, here are my action figures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to unleash this army of, uh, B2 super battle droids. One of my favorite alien species, the Iktachi are showing up, which make me happy. Um, kind of have that look going on with like the old, uh, Tartakovsky anime clone wars show where like, Sacy Tin had the spacesuit. Kind of looked like yeah. that, that one Iktachi yeah. who shows up. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited for it. Obviously, Kylo Ren is in this season, so I'm a happy boy. Uh, he Slamming got Slamming that nut button. Slam the nut button. I thought you were actually about to hit the table. Yeah, I'm going to like just clear the table. Uh, no, I... So Kylo Ren gets name-dropped in season one. At one point, like someone says something, something kylo ren murdered a village <laughs> and it's like oh okay so ben's up to his uh, he, the it's baby huge. is up to his shenanigans currently um because he is baby, baby allegedly uh, <laughs> i don't condone a baby um what was that little i also on? noticed thrown in there um a guavian death gang enforcer yes as well so you know that's just you know i think the the connection there is is kind of clear. At some point, you know, they're going to run into the Guavian Death Gang and throw down, presumably. <laughs> you know who I who else I hope shows up? Um, will it happen to be Balatik? And the gang that he belongs to? No, Balatik is Guavian Death Gang. You're thinking of Tasu Leech. You're right. I am thinking of Tasu Leech. With Kanja right. Club. No, you didn't say it right. Ganja Club. Ganja Club. They're at the Ganja Club. No, at the Ganja Club. <laughs> you remember when, like, I, I don't know if you were with me or not. I don't know who, like, I said it out loud that I should do it, and then somebody hyped me up to do it. Was it like I printed <laughs> out? You knew exactly what I'm talking about. I, I found a, a picture online of just like there was like a starry background, and then in Star Wars font said, "Tell that to Ganja Club." And nice. I, I I printed it out and like taped it on Miss Certain's door. <laughs> Do you remember the Kanja Club sign that just sat there? I remember this the Kanja Club this sign. This was after my time. This was after your time. Yeah, because the Force Awakens was out. Shit. Um. So yeah, very excited for that. One of my favorite lines 
um, in the whole trailer was the whole it's just like the Empire when I was a kid. Like, it has that kind of power to it of, like, people who lived through the Galactic Civil War, like, remembering what it felt like to see a bunch of Imperial shuttles touch down and, like, oh, yay, there's a fuck ton of stormtroopers here now. My town is going to get caught in the crossfire of this war. Um, Yeah, that's enough for me. Uh, Spencer, your thoughts on the trailer? Um, It looks really encouraging, really involved as well. Like, the, it's going to be a season finale or a series finale rather. So like there's going to be like the further into a show you get, the more crazy connection plot lines you, you find. But just from this trailer, it looks like it's going to be a crazy connected show. Like not just with the events going on during, you know, the, the force awakens and possibly even last Jedi, but also like uh, stuff that goes back to the clone wars and to the original trilogy and even further back, you know, it like that's encouraging. I don't like with, with all the potential that the star Wars universe has for crazy thick interconnected, you know, plot lines and stuff, thick. you know, there's, thick plot there's, just, there's just no excuse <laughs> to have so little going on in a plot. Like the fandom as a whole is so past the, you know, oh, we are on a secret mission. We got to blow this thing up and everything will be okay. Like, no, give me really interesting plot lines that are connected in all sorts of different ways with characters we never thought we'd see again. You know, that's what I crave from the TV shows. And that's what Clone Wars gave me. God, you're going to love Rebels so much when you get to watch the whole thing. I know. I'm just waiting for Disney Plus to drop so I can binge it in one night. Oh, my God. Just for the sentences you just said right there. There are a couple episodes that are just under the cover of night. We have to blow this thing up. But there are so many like, holy shit, such and such showed up kind of things. You're going to love. You're going to love. You absolutely love it. I All already right. know what your favorite episode is going to be. I already know what your favorite episode is. Well, don't be. tell me. I'm not going to tell you. I already know what it's going to be, though. He's going to wait for the text message. Oh, my God, is my favorite episode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Travis, your thoughts on this lovely trailer for Star Wars Resistance? So my connection to Star Wars television is about as strong as uh, Spencer's connection to comic book television, <laughs> which says, like, Whatever episode of Clone Wars was airing on Cartoon Network at the time, I would catch, but I, I didn't keep up. Like, I haven't yeah. sat down and watched all of Clone Wars. I know. A good, aptly spoken. I know what happens. Very aptly spoken. I know what happens in Rebels. Like, I'll keep up with yeah. plot lines, but like, I. I watch so much shit already. Yeah. And like. It, like, this looks neat. I remember when this came out and I was like, I feel like this came out right when I heard they were canceling Rebels and I'm like, OK, here's the next one. Yeah. And I yeah, Rebels, keep up with yeah, Rebels. They announced season four is going to be it. And then, um, hey, we're also doing Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> yeah. So like this looks cool. I have to imagine in some regard, it, I don't know about it getting canceled. They could have just postponed it then. But that them finishing Clone Wars, like he wanted to spend his time doing that. Yeah. Right. Um looks neat might yeah. check it out when disney plus comes out and i do the thing that i do with dc universe of what thing do i want to touch base on you know yeah i'll go back and watch i'm rewatching young holy shit <laughs> that made a fun noise yeah 
Uh, I'm rewatching Young Justice again for the upteenth time because I absolutely love that show. I love that for you. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah, looks this looks cool for people that are really into it. I might check it out once it's out on Disney Plus. So I recommend watching like the main Filoni shows. Like, not, obviously, Filoni's working on Resistance, but like you don't have like Ahsoka and Rex and shit showing yeah. up in Resistance, whereas right. like with. Um, watching Clone Wars and Rebels as like two halves of a whole, I think would be a very fulfilling experience for you. I will be sure to keep up on Resistance so that I can do the job that you have done for us on Hall of Heroes so bravely of watching the shitstorm that is Titans. Uh, in two weeks, man. Yeah. We're starting it again. Tune in to hear Travis have a brain hemorrhage every time he talks about Titans. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, I want to say something. I, thought, I must... I forgot what I was going to say about resistance. Oh, yeah. Very excited for Kylo. I have like, I saw this thing on Twitter um, because, you know, Raylo Twitter is so powerful. Um, Saying that like, if there's another scene where like Kylo is in hologram or like that scene where we see him like choking that person. Of how cool it would be that like, if that scene, a force bond happened. Since this is this probably happening concurrently with the last yeah. Jedi with, you know, if you cannot handle this threat, we'll find someone who can. And then like in that moment, as he's choking that person, right? Like just to have that, like a that little yeah. connection there to just give it a little bit more meat. So you can see exactly where things are happening in the timeline. That would be cool. Um, and I would freak out over that. Um, but I think we're down to the, the heavy, the, the big heavy one, one, the one that you, everybody came for. Uh, uh so, like we said at the top of the show, until this, I until I personally hear something come out of Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy, or Ewan McGregor's mouth, here at Dubac Discussion, we are treating this like a fucking rumor. We're treating it as a leak, as a rumor, whatever you want to call it. This is probably legit. But I am not going to claim, I'm not going to attach the words personally confirmed or guarantee, make any guarantees in the event that this is just like every other Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, <laughs> uh, solo yeah. sequel, Lando movie, Old Republic, Anakin Skywalker, Force Ghost we have seen before this. So that said, I'm going to take the first half of the story and then pitch it back to Spencer since he is our resident Obi-Wan Kenobi cosplayer. Um, or you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do the top part because I know Spencer's paranoid about his thing cutting out. So this is a report from date, uh, Deadline. Ewan McGregor may return as Obi-Wan Kenobi in Disney Plus series. Ewan McGregor may be taking up his lightsaber again. 48-year-old Scottish actor is in talks about reprising his role as the heartfelt but headstrong Jedi Master known as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a yet-to-be-titled Disney Plus series. Uh, details about the series following the Jedi Master are kept under wraps. McGregor played the younger version uh, in the prequels, as we know, and he made a voice-only cameo in The Force Awakens. Um, he did return to do that. He saw your steps at the end of uh, Ray's Force Vision. Uh, plans to produce a standalone Obi-Wan feature film morphed into the current plan for a big-budget series for Disney+, Plus, just as a discussion of a Boba Fett film uh, gave way to the similarly spirited, similarly spirited Mandalorian series. Um, that bit about Boba Fett morphing in the Mandalorian, that's an unconfirmed rumor. 
Um, there's never been any credence to that. Uh, right around Solo coming out last year, Collider was reporting an exclusive that an Obi-Wan movie was about to be announced. They saw Solo not doing well at the box office and then went, how about we do this as a show? And then that was the moment where Bob Iger was like, how about we we dial back the movies a little bit and focus on TV so that Star Wars still has its like big event movie luster. Um, before we go any further into the other part that Fanta Tracks is reporting. Travis, I'll let you go first. Thoughts on an Obi-Wan Kenobi show? Don't do that. Don't give me hope. <laughs> I, Ewan McGregor is unequivocally the best part of the prequel trilogy. Like, I don't think there's any room for debate. There's a little room. There's a couple of things. Yeah, there's an argument to be made for, like, memes, certain fights and yeah, memes. Memes aside, but, like, even, even one of the fights, two of the fights have him in it. Right? Yeah. Two of the really big, amazing duels. Yeah. Um, fun fact. I thought... A different actor played Obi Wan in the Phantom Menace. I, as a kid, I was like, "Yeah, that is not the same person as in this of uh, the two movies because he doesn't have a beard." <laughs> um, well, I, I, I've as a kid, I was just so like enamored with the concept of movies. Yeah, well, like I had a hard time like going like, "Oh, okay." These are. I wonder what people, happened with Anakin. Yeah, like, did they like put this kid in a magic machine that turned him into an equally bad yeah. actor adult? Well, see, by the um, time I got around that to was like, a joke. I, like, I love J Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen. I'm sorry for you guys being bullied on the internet. I, I didn't get into Star Wars till I was like 12. Yeah. So I had, I was cognitive at that point. <laughs> Everyone knows you get turned on at 12. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer? Everyone else? What? And we lost them again. Or you there? Um, you there, buddy? He's being abducted by the First Order currently. <laughs> they heard no. what I said. That we, there okay, he is. There he is. is. Did you hear what Travis said? And I... Just stop. It's coming in waves is the sad thing. Like, he'll be really good for a while and then he'll get attacked. Yeah. And then he'll come back for a while. You there, buddy? Oh, shit. Okay, we're going to keep moving. Yeah, um, disregarding what I, I previously said. Nope. We're, no, no. I'm not cutting it. It's staying in. Keep, but... Regard it. Regard it very heavily. <laughs> um, I I am in love with the idea of getting... I'm going to say Netflix style because at this point they've kind of marketed a new way of writing television that yeah. you can only do on a streaming service. Because you don't have to comply to commercial breaks. Right. Yeah. Okay. So much more. Damn it. Fuck a duck. <laughs> He's fading in. Where will we get excited to make sure he heard you talk about turned on 12 year olds? Um. Okay. I heard it. <laughs> I heard it. Wasn't happy about it. We weren't either. <laughs> it's okay. weird. I, I agree. And it wasn't the intention. <laughs> <laughs> the best part though was as it left Travis's mouth, I gave him the you wanna rephrase that face? And he went, Oh no. Like facially, it was great. Um But uh yeah, no, Spencer. Who 
Spencer, Great. if you're not being abducted by the First Order, would you like to give your thoughts on the Obi-Wan show? The First Order doesn't like the Obi-Wan show. No, they do not. This is unfortunate. Oh, Spencer, my Spencer. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. You can hear the frustration yeah. in his voice. You can hear that he's about to put his fist through this computer, too. Um, all right. And we're back. I uh, wanted to futz with that a little bit. And hopefully things are sounding better. Uh, Spencer, your thoughts on the Obi-Wan show? Possibly. Maybe. Um, I really love the idea. Like Travis said, I, I'm kind of like, please don't give me hope. Please don't <laughs> do that to me. Because like so many other fans out there, I just... I I get uh, I get a little excited, perhaps even sexually, from the con- from the from the, the prospect of seeing you and McGregor reprise his role. And I really want to see it happen, but if you keep feeding me this, I'm just gonna get upset if it doesn't happen. You know, I I yeah. completely agree with you. Um, but but the concept like the possibilities of where they might go with it are the thing, you know, that's what's most interesting to me because, you know, um, what, what kind of a show could, you know, it's, if it's just an Obi-Wan show, then I think it's safe to assume that it's going to be post revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But in the interim time, it's like, okay, but, but what now, like, are they going to draw inspiration at all from the Kenobi novel, um, that came out like five years ago? or so like are they going to just do something completely different are we going to see maybe even you know i don't know like the possibilities are just crazy wild and i'm i'm excited for the the potential of it but as with any new star wars project i'm also nervous for you know if it ends up being completely awful that's going to stink and we're going to have to answer for that on the show. So, yeah. Yeah. I think if they, again, assuming this is going through and it's going to be a Disney plus show, I think they have a way wider range of what they can do a and B an easier time of making it good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. Having just finished an, a Netflix esque show in the boys. Yes. Right. That, that way of telling a story and just, cause they're like this, Especially if the way it's going the way of other Disney Plus shows, where it's just going to be six to seven episodes, right? How yeah. long, how long is the Mandalorian? Is it twelve? Ten, I think. Ten to twelve episodes. Okay. in that ballpark. But even then, like, let's say they like they just started the show now. They just signed uh, McGregor. The the right McGregor. <laughs> Not Connor. Not Connor. Um, oh, that's, that's fucking okay. I just realized destroy the space bus. Yeah, I just, just attacked the space bus. I started to do it, and I realized that like my Conor McGregor was going to sound eerily like my Ray, Ray Park, Park, and I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to dilute. <laughs> I, I noticed that. I don't want to dilute our Ray Park character on this show. Yeah. Um, the uh, they could literally just tell one like two a two day stretch of an event over like they could do something that happened in the clone wars or maybe 
even like right before attack of the clones a mission he does on his own like anakin stays behind i know that's that's a bit of a, st- a stretch age wise that's yeah. the only restriction is like yeah even mcgregor has like, even mcgregor hasn't aged in like 15 years he hasn't aged that much yeah but making him feasibly look like 1999 ewan mcgregor is going to be the issue well like 2001 or yeah 2001 ewan mcgregor still give, give him like, back his power mullet yeah, give him like the power mullet. I'm saying, and I like the gym. I'm not trying to like talk over the power yeah. mullet joke. Was very funny. I'm not trying to talk over that. I'm just yes, the, gear, I'm very, the gears are I'm turning. Very funny, thank you. You are very funny, but my, my gears Say it are again, turning. Please, I'm sorry. you're very please. funny. Yes. Uh, I. You're gonna have a question of like what the budget's gonna look like. For yes. This. So like, how much CGI de aging can we do? It's not gonna. You're not gonna need to do a lot, but depending on how far back we want this show to go. Do we need enough to feasibly put him back late nineties, early two thousands, or do we need to freshen him up just enough to look like the Clone War? Yeah, I mean, like that—that that would be the easiest. Just have him doing something, but then you run the the issue of they already covered so much. Exactly, the Clone, Clone War is so covered, and you also have you can't do him fighting Maul for the last time because that's covered in Rebels, right? Unless you want to reimagine that in live action. But that fight is like 30 seconds long. It's literally one swing. Yeah, it's one, two, cuts him down the chest. Yeah. So you have that issue, or not issue, um, but you have that dilemma if you want to try to do that story. You also have the fact that like Maul literally just finds Obi-Wan chilling in the desert. There isn't like in the Old Wounds comic where, you know, you can follow Darth Maul hunting Obi-Wan down. It's literally just Maul screaming to himself in the desert until he happens upon Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Jundlin Ways. Um, at which point you need to cast a live action Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. and have all of that stuff. So I think Maul's off limits. Um, we can get into possible plot lines um, with the next story that Spencer's going to read, uh, assuming there isn't a First Order attack. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I like you guys said, I'm very excited for this. Um, I think you could very easily tell a like you said, Spencer, like something like the Kenobi novel. Um, I would love to see. Old man Logan. But old Ben. Or not old Ben quite yet, but like it's like it's like he still looks like you and McGregor. I love that idea. Like something very like he has like, oh, I haven't popped my claws in years. Like, oh, I haven't taken my lightsaber off my belt in years. Um, But that said, uh, Spencer, we'll pitch this story from Fantha Tracks to you. All righty then. So this in from Fantha Tracks, Uh, again, all rumored. And until we hear it from the lips of Kathleen herself, then um, everything is speculative. But uh, the rumor that you and McGregor is going to have well here let me just uh let me just read the bit uh from Vanta or Fanta tracks excuse me uh it says our sources tell us that the story will be spread across eight episodes with McGregor directing a number of shows further than that he will be performing alongside a familiar mechanical co-star and when we heard who it was our hearts skipped a beat so not only is the possibility of Ewan McGregor starring in the show um, in the works, but also it looks like he's going to direct a number of those episodes as well. And in addition to that, 
Uh, we have a mechanical co-star who is obviously recognizable enough that it causes uh, heart palpitations whenever <laughs> you find out who it is. Now, we have to ask ourselves, right you know, like what kind of characters is is it possible to see in the show or, or ones that would make your heart fluctuate or skip a beat? Um, and Jared, you threw out earlier today the possibility of seeing Vader in here, which would certainly be a mechanical co-star. But, but rather than heart skipping a beat, I don't know, mine might might stop altogether if I saw Vader on there. <laughs> right. But yeah. like, so what, what a new I'm, source I'm afraid, call them. I'm afraid it's gonna turn out being, you know, something like I don't know, R four P seventeen. That motherfucker's rebuilt. dead. <laughs> oh, rebuilt. You know? okay. But my heart wouldn't skip a beat for that either. I mean, agreed. So we also have to address the fact we don't know for certain when this would take place. Right. I think like the the prevailing assumption here is that this is going to be between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Right. Oh, OK. My thing, I think there are two really good ways you could take this show. Personally. Now, if the mechanical co-star thing is legit. I think that means that we're going to have a rematch between Obi-Wan and Vader. Now. We know Obi-Wan exiles himself on Tatooine to watch over Luke. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a lot to say. I'm gonna let you guys go first. Spencer, thoughts on this? Who do you want to see? What what plot line would you like to see? What what's what's your what's your elevator pitch for a Kenobi show? Um I think honestly my elevator pitch for a Kenobi show would revolve around for the most part that one like mini figure that you can buy of like the the battle weary old ben kenobi like the hot toy that the one guy we know that that cosplays it where yeah. he's got like the pack on his back with some clone war clone wars armor scraps and you know some some basic survival stuff a couple lightsabers dangling from his backpack yeah. he has anakin's and qui-gon's hanging on his belt yeah yeah along with his it's own like, I think any story that I would write would revolve somewhere around that where, you know, we see Obi-Wan having or like he's now accepted his persona as Ben. Like we have to see Ben use his abilities in a combative sense for the first time in a while um, and like kind of as an audience get to pick his brain about how he's feeling. And like we don't get much. From the canonical movies, we don't get much in like the realm of, okay, how did the events of The Purge and of Episode 3 affect the Obi-Wan that's in the desert? And we only get hints of that in, in novels like Kenobi, where, you know, Which he isn't even canon, sort of writes yeah. diaries and short little journal entries as he goes and like, uh, almost like he's having a conversation with Qui-Gon as he's discovering like the secrets to immortality through, you know, re retaining your identity in the force. And like, besides a novel like Kenobi, we don't get much of that. And I feel like McGregor as an actor and as someone who like vocally loves playing this character, I feel like he has so much to offer the fans 
in that like picking of Obi-Wan's brain as he transitions into the hermit old Ben. And that's what I would want to see. If I were to pitch in an elevator, I would want to like sort of sculpt it roughly around like the old Ben who's still got his Clone Wars armor and lightsabers dangling from his backpack and the idea of being able to dive into the effect that the purge had on him personally, you know, cause Alec Guinness doesn't give us much. He doesn't no. give us hardly anything. Cause Lucas didn't have that story mapped out. Yeah. No, no. But now that we know like what led up to old Ben being, I feel like there's so much that we can, you know, dive into really really see if we can you know pull with you know tooth pullers if we have to like pull the <laughs> the emotional thread out of his brain and be like oh okay that's how it feels you know so that's what that feels like okay we keep making comic book jokes on here um i, I love that spencer i love that very much um so you're saying you would like you would like to see like the definitive like obi-wan to ben yeah, I would like how to that solidify that transition and not just, you know, the emotional effect of the purge on him, but also how he as a person is changed by his time in the desert and maybe even, you know, how the person that he becomes, like the persona of old Ben is shaped by the events of Revenge of the Sith and how like you you might even be able to draw a couple direct conclusions and like direct connections between them. Like I'd love to see that. I want to see how the charismatic, um, quippy Obi Wan Kenobi of Revenge of the Sith becomes like the quiet, wise, and soft spoken old Ben of Episode Four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think something that I would very much like to see as well is the you know, I want to see again. We have like nearly two decades of story in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope to have that. You know, how do we get from you are my brother Anakin, I loved you, and that heartbreak in that moment to Ben telling Luke he can't be saved? And even granted, I think by the time that like we see Obi Wan give that speech, he knows he can't be saved, but that like there's a part of him that's still hurting. Like by the time we see Ben talking about killing Vader, he legit I think he legitimately believes what he told Luke. Mm. Like, you know, a young Jedi named Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. Like when he says those words to Luke, I think he truly believes that. I don't think the Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end of Revenge of the Sith could confidently say that. Am I like if, am I wrong? Like, does anybody disagree with me on that? No, I mean, like, do it, we, the wound okay. is still fresh yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. it'd be really hard for Obi-Wan to come to grips with that so quickly where he's like, the Anakin I knew is completely gone. Cause you know, you try, you try to convince me or him that, you know, as they're battling it out on Mustafar, Obi-Wan is not struggling to look past you know, the face that he knows and, and like try to 13 years. Like, I, feel, yeah. I feel like for him, it's a challenge with every swing of his saber. Oh, that's so poignant. I love you. That is so brilliant. Why? Well, thank you. 
it's like it's a challenge just to swing at him in revenge of the sith like and like you said by the time he tells luke you know vader betrayed and murdered your father you know is it a cover is he trying to protect luke from the truth i think both yes but i think also there's a there's a pretty decent amount of understanding in that sentence where he's like no i'm pretty like i'm reasonably confident that the anakin that i once knew and couldn't you know finish off myself that i had to leave smoldering next to lava lake because i couldn't i couldn't kill him myself you know that's all the anakin that i knew is gone and there's nothing left but vader and even yoda says that yeah um travis what would your elevator pitch be so i don't know entirely like i knew about the mall confrontation i don't know what all has been covered in canon so most that we know about him is that he still has a journal so there's still like the whole idea of luke finding old ben's journal is still a thing we know i'm not 100 percent sure what the timetable looks like but there's a couple instances where obi-wan deals with like hut cartel like oh the hut clan the hut cartels are like hiking up the moisture tax on tatooine they're getting ready to ransack alarms the lars homestead and obi-wan whose hair still looks reddish brown with some gray and some wrinkles starting to come in intervenes scares them away blah 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 and then much much closer to the time of a new hope maul uses the holocrons realize you know twin sons he's alive and then yeah so kills maul so it's basically those two stories that's all we like concrete know for certain is at one point relatively early into his exile he throws down with the hut cartel and then reasonably before a new hope maybe half a year a year before a new hope he permanently puts down Darth Maul. So this raises another question. Is there a point in time where Obi-Wan firmly believes that not even just Anakin Skywalker, but Darth Vader is dead in legends? Yes. For about a couple months. Okay. He, he, he thought it, he thought like I, when I he saw him on fire. That was he it. died. Yeah. And in Legends, he was at a bar and happened to look up at like the the space TV, the hollow net that had like a news story about this new Imperial leader named Darth Vader, who led an attack on like a Jedi enclave on Kashyyyk and like Obi and like. And it was in the book Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, like this scene in this book always get, still gives me chills to this day where Obi-Wan's having his drink, looks up, sees this story on the news, drops his drink and legit has a panic attack. Which is to be expected. Where he's just like, legit, like I fucking killed you. Yeah. I watched you catch on fire. How the fuck are you still breathing? And like he like he has a panic attack. He drops his drink. He st- he runs out of the bar and while he's like hyperventilating and losing his shit, like in an alleyway, Qui-Gon's ghost comes to him and is like, relax. Why didn't you stab him? 
but relax. Yeah. <laughs> and basically double tap, but yeah. relax. Yeah, double tap, but relax. Um, um and talks so, him down and says like, your job from now on is to make sure that motherfucker doesn't find out about that kid. Like that was yeah. already your job to keep him safe from the empire. You specifically but, need to keep him away from Vader now. Yeah. At all costs. So in canon, I'm not sure off the top of my head if like Obi-Wan knows in his heart Anakin's still breathing. Exactly. That's my. When he walks away. I love that idea that like he finds out and freaks out. That's so much. Exactly. If assuming that that story has room to be told, that's like him discovering that Darth Vader is still a functioning operative in the Empire. Yeah. And how he deals with that. And maybe like. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we do see Obi-Wan v. Vader for a round two because he leads an assault, has a fight and then something happens. They can't settle it. Right. Yeah. My two ideas for how you take this show without the mechanical co-star thing. Okay. I think I've talked about this on the air and to Spencer before. There was a story in Legends and a character in Legends named Asherad Het. He was a Tusken Raider Jedi. Um, his father, Sherad Het, also Jedi, um, leaves the Order at one point, goes back to his Tusken clan. He was a human brought into the Tuskens. Rejoins his clan, has a kid named Asherad. Asherad or Sherad dies in battle, and his dying wish is take my (laughs) his dying wish is I know my tribe is gonna get really brutal really quickly. I don't want my kid growing up with that type of Tuscan. And he said and Kiari Mundi trained Sherad. Um and basically says, take take my son to the temple with you, please. I don't want him growing up in this. So Sherad uh, dies and um, Asherad joins the order um, and is trained by Kiati Mundi at first and then is trained by um, Lady Lumat or not Lady Lumai, Jesus Christ, Anya Kiro. Um, is trained by Anya Kiro. Uh, Asherad survives Order 66. Okay. Um, and just so you can visualize brown robes really tight wrapped through this area like fingerless gloves tuscan raider mask long black braid in the back dual wields green lightsabers really cool looking character um order 66 happens and at this point he yeah you have like the two different camps of like jedi post order 66 in legends where you had jedi who were like oh I'm going to go hide because holy fuck. And then you had the ones who were like, you know, we've lost everything. Clearly, our order has failed us. But motherfucker, we're going to get you back for this. And these are like the ones that kind of like mobilize. And like, you you know, you didn't have like people who were that rabid who still like kept to the code and wanted to fight. Um, Whatever. Asherad goes back to Tatooine and reclaims his Tusken tribe. And very similar to the whole water tax thing with the huts in this canon story, um, Asherad just starts attacking villages and homesteads all over Tatooine. And word gets back to Obi-Wan. And then he realizes, holy shit, you know, Tusken Raider with a lightsaber. There's only one person this could be. He realizes it's Asherad Het. And 
gets word that like they're making their way towards the Lars homestead, towards Moss Eisley, towards An- to either John Lewace and Anchorhead. And Obi-Wan intercepts his tribe and is like, hey, you were an amazing Jedi and this is beneath you. You need to stand down now. Like you need to stop. This this is no good for anybody. Um, Asherad said one of the most badass lines ever. He says something to the effect of, you know, I've always respected you, Master Kenobi. I'm going to make sure you get a Jedi's funeral. Um, they throw down. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they throw down. It's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, especially when you're looking Obi-Wan Kenobi in the eye and you say that shit. That's metal as fuck. Um, Obi-Wan takes his arm. Uh, Obi-Wan challenges him to single combat and basically says, if I beat you, your tribe fucks off. If you beat me, I'll be dead. So obviously I can't stop without whatever you're going to do. Obi-Wan takes his arm and refuses to kill him, but um, Asherad gets exiled from his tribe because he no longer can wield a gaffy stick because he only has one arm. And then he goes on and like lives for a thousand years and becomes a Sith Emperor. But that's beside the point. Um that's by the look on travis's face for those of you at home and it's spencer like travis went oh that that that's not the ending i was expecting <laughs> but no i, I yeah. know i've heard you mention <laughs> asher on head now i just drop that in there yeah darth crate is yeah. who he becomes connecting um, connecting uh yeah one of my there. favorite sith lords um now that would be non-mechanical co-star this is like low-key kind of like rift and stolen from christian harloff because I remember him mentioning something about Vader and Obi-Wan linking up again. Um, now, mechanical co-star detail in there. When Vader and Obi-Wan have their confrontation aboard the Death Star, they do not specify when the last time they met yeah, was. Exactly. So when Vader says, you know, when I left you, I was but the learner and I am the master. You should not have come back. None of that directly implies the last time we were on Mustafar. When I saw you 20 years ago on Mustafar. When you cut me in half on Mustafar. <laughs> None of that is like they they never specify where that last meeting was. So I think and piggybacking on that whole him finding out about Vader thing. I think if you have the first episode be that. And the galaxy finds out Darth Vader exists for the first time. Um, you bring that in and have maybe, and again, this has to be obviously since we're finding out about Vader super into his time on Tatooine. Yeah. You have him be forced into a situation where maybe Bail Organa or another member of the rebellion, this fledgling rebellion is like, Hey, Clearly, Anakin is still alive. This might be our chance to take him out before he can do any more damage. And you can bring a very conflicted Obi-Wan into this situation who, and Spencer, this borrows from what you were saying as well, who hasn't wholly gotten to the point of he can't be saved. And like, there's a part of him that still wants to save him. And you can have the story revolve around Obi-Wan trying to force him through himself through the trauma, face Vader again, have it, you know, whether it be 
Vader wins and Obi-Wan's spared somehow, or Obi-Wan wins and Vader gets away, or it ends in a draw. However you have to have that fight end. Um, someone was enjoying that story. They were cheering for it in the background. Um, no, they weren't cheering for you. They were chanting to themselves, I think. I, I know. Ritualistically. I, I figured it <laughs> ritualistically. Um, but, college, it happens. Yeah, you know, it's it's to be expected. But I think to have a story where like Obi-Wan recognizes, I can't help you, you're gone. Um, and to, and to just put that character through the ringer because not to take away from Ewan McGregor's performance across those three movies, most of the meat that he has where he really, he, he gets incredibly emotional during the battle of the heroes during, you were my brother, Anakin, I loved you, stuff like that, where you can see him get raw and emotional and just fall apart. Um, so I, that's between those two stories. That's what I would do. Um, I think with the Asherad Het one, you have a very old man Logan style story where you I, make him kind of look himself in the mirror and be like, you know, I haven't taken this off my belt in a very long time and I'm going to have to. And oh, when, when like having him have to reminisce, when's the last time I was in a lightsaber duel? Oh, yeah, I damn near murdered my fucking brother. Let's combine the two. So here's so Bail Organa approaches Obi-Wan Kenobi and says, hey, we, we've got this hit. I think if we pull this off, we can actually end Vader. Again, like he's just found out he's still alive. Yeah. Maybe it's been a few years. Yeah. yeah. I, don't think, I mean, Vader was active, so it would probably be like a couple months before Vader is like a publicly known entity. So... And if and Obi Wan's like, no, I can't. Yeah, I can't do this again. Don't make me do this again, please. And I also walks think away. that, like, with him being on Tatooine with such a clear mandate, it would be so unlikely for him to pursue anything that would leave the Luke uh, like the, the Lars homestead exposed yeah. in any way. My only rebuttal to that, and I agree with you, and I this is not my own like. I I thought of this, but like the more I've like dwelled on this, I've like, oh, this would make sense. Is that if his objective is keep Luke safe from Vader. Yeah. Being given a clear cut opportunity of we could kill him now. Yes, it's a gambit. But I think an Obi-Wan who is still emotionally reeling from the exactly like he. He he's not able to think straight completely when the last name Skywalker is involved quite yet. So I think there's a part of him that would jump at the opportunity of I either can bring him back or remove him. Period. But I think then he, that's well, why he would go for he this gets, attempt. He, he gets approached in that way. He says no. He backs off, and then he has an encounter, like you said, with uh, Asherad Head or Asherad Head, like yeah, you know, and says, "I don't want to do this. The last time I did this, I put my brother down." And maybe if it was a prior member of the order, they're aware of who Anakin is and was, yeah. is, you know, and makes a comment and he gets emotional. Things happen. And then he goes back to Bale and says, hey, I'm in. Let's do it. Like, I'd be interested. And then no. yeah. that's our pilot. And then working with seven ish episodes of the mission. 
That was really ominous as you said mission. The mission. I almost said the heist and I was like, wait, this isn't solo. (laughs) Yeah, but but my thing there is that, you know, the Darth Vader is not the only threat to the Skywalker kids. It's like even in episode three, Yoda says they have to be hidden from the Emperor. Like Palpatine very clearly is aware that Padme is pregnant, very clearly is aware that she's taken from Mustafar. Like he's not stupid. I think he'd be able to put the pieces together by himself and probably already has whenever he tells Vader that, you know, that he killed Padme. I would wager that Palpatine was, his wheels were already spinning and he already could like figure, okay, so she disappeared along with Obi-Wan. She might be alive. Chances are she's dead, but and maybe still there, children we maybe have to that, worry about. Maybe a kid was born. Yeah. So like cuz nobody even, knew they were yeah. twins either. They everybody thought there was one baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he knows that a Skywalker is out there and any kid that is born of the chosen one is likely to have pretty substantial force powers of their own. And on top of that, don't have to deal with like, you know, zero limbs and a mechanical body. But like eliminating Vader does not eliminate the problem. You know, it yeah, might lessen it somewhat. I agree with you. But, but you've still got the Emperor to deal with. Yeah. And we're saying that he's in an emotional state where he can't make that realization. Yeah, he's not aware of the fact like, oh, I still have to deal with fucking Palpatine if we're actually going to end this fight. But Vader's a big part of that as well. Like I said, and I, you know, there will be people who are far better screenwriters than the three of us who can... What do you mean? Um, we Obviously, we are the best there yeah. is. <laughs> do not tempt um, me. I'll write this whole show right here, right now, live. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do line it. I'll for give line. you my phone number right now, Kathleen. Hit me up. Call yeah. me. <laughs> Call me. We'll talk shop. Seven two four. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, hopefully with D twenty three coming this weekend with all the big conferences and such. Pardon my hiccups. We'll hear the some news about news. this, and someone officially will announce the show and what it's going to be about. Uh, with that. I think that's all we have this week. Uh, Spencer, where can the lovely people find you? You can find me, as always, on Instagram at Spenceman Cosplays. Uh, if you haven't seen my Superman posts yet, uh, check them out. Give them a like. Um, and also, somewhere in there, you'll find, I think on Jared's page, actually, you'll find some of the pictures from us at uh, Steel City Con. If you haven't seen those yet, give them a look with the whole Dubat crew or at least a, a decent representation of us. Um, yeah, check it out. Travis, where can the lovely people find you on Instagram? On Instagram at Grossman Travis, where I don't post a ton, but I share the shows around. I do my, I do my two cents. You're showing. And, and uh, on Twitter at Travis Political. One of my favorite Twitter follows. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at darkjedi2552 for those aforementioned Steel City Con posts that are coming out as uh, we go here. Uh, be sure to like and follow Dubeck Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to check out all the other shows in the network, Hall of Heroes, our comic book show, uh, Gorn Moore, eh, Wicked Wednesday, uh, Jerk the Curtain, and Down the Rabbit Hole. Uh Friday the 13th Vengeance comes out at the end of the month. Be be sure to check that out. It's coming very soon. And with that, we are honored 
that you have joined us. May the force be with you all, and we will hear from you next week. Oh,